What's up, everybody? You are listening to List It, my show where me and my guests rank and list things in pop culture. It's the the whole idea of this show is we make debating and arguing on the internet fun again because we're arguing about stuff that really is very low stakes and doesn't matter. And we, I am really pumped about today's show because uh, we're talking about a topic I'm really pumped about. We're going to be ranking some of our favorite pop culture duos of all time. Um, and... I have one of culture's current great pop culture duos, Fern and Marty Marr from the hip-hop duo Social Club Misfits. Fern and Marty, welcome to the show. Cheers. Thank you so much. Okay, so a lot of people have had, you know, a 2020 where they're kind of, they're they're laying low. You know, this has kind of been a lost few months. You guys, on the other, on the other hand, two of the hardest working dudes in music. You, you know, we're, we're about like 60 days out from the release of your latest album, Feared by Hell, which is an unbelievable record. Uh, and you have a new Christmas song, Christmas in Florida, which is blowing up. Guys, how did you guys stay so busy in 2020? When the world shuts down, Social Club just is starting to get going. Man, we uh, we we just, you know, I mean, Fern, we're, we're like, we love that we get to do this for a living. Like, what an honor we get to make music for people. But normally, like, me and Fern are traveling. Like, we usually have, like, 100-plus dates on the road. So we're, you know, we never really get the time to sit down and just, like, create, you know? And I feel like this is the first time we didn't create out of, like, the pressure of, like, all right, let's fun. You know, I remember back in the day, I'd be like, yo, Fern, Fern me and him would be walking home from the airport. And he'll be like, I'll knock out that song because we're always on the road. You know, he has to, like, you know, I'll take care of him when we come back. And this is the first time that we didn't have that. We literally... Uh, you know, this album was created like like this. We're home the whole time. I'm yeah. like, hey, can you do this? He's like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll knock it out. It was just, it was a really seamless album. Even the uh, Florida songs came to us naturally and kind of kind of blew my mind because we've had years of not doing that. Like, yeah. you know, we normally would be on the road doing it. And I feel like the music came better when we took our time. And I feel like this year you're, you're able to take your time. So the music to me just came out better and um, yeah, it's been a fun year of a lot of releases. Yeah. Well, you know, we're, we're going to be talking about some of our favorite pop culture duos today, but I feel like one of the critical things that makes all of the people on all of our lists stand out is this creative chemistry. You have two unique personalities that are able to collaborate and pull things out of each other that, you know, other, you know, uh, that other people can't. Um, and, and when I think about it, it's not just something that happens in music. You see it in comedy. You see it in sports a lot. You know, I mean... I'm sure you guys watched Last Dance, and it's like, dude, Jordan yeah. Pippen had this kind of special dynamic where only they could get that kind of level of of performance out of each other. I wanna I wanna ask you guys about that, and tell me one song off "Feared by Hell" that you guys feel like really does a really great job of showcasing that creative chemistry that you guys have captured so well. I mean, to be honest, when we're on the track together all the time, it's always. It's always one of those beautiful marriages. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, to me, they all, they're all a perfect blend. I like Savior. Savior was super cinematic. You know what I'm saying? Um, so it, it definitely displays us, you know, hopping out of what would normally be just like a, a hit record or a song that, you know, is for people to dance to or, you know, a performance track or something like that. I thought yeah. Savior was super out of the box, more cinematic, more of a, you know, like painting a picture, even uh, for, for not the lack of the word, but... Um, I thought it was super cinematic um, and I, I'm looking forward to see where that could end up. You know, I know we're going to release it soon uh, as far as, you know, um, another big record for radio. You know, yeah. hopefully we get that on radio soon. Um, but yeah, I think that song really like really does it justice. Well, here's a clip. Surrounded by darkness, even if I open my eyelids, the shame was unbearable. Like, look at what I did. Mama crying inside. I know my father dying. Like, how could this happen? The road that I traveled was lonely, I promise. And I'm just being honest. I try to make it on my own, but I needed a savior just to save it for myself. Wouldn't take any days off. His life of mine was to pay off. So I go hard, never lay off. Eternally grateful. When I needed you most, you came I need a savior. 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 I need a sav
Well, all right, guys. So I want to jump to the list. I feel like I feel like this is probably something either, even if you don't think about it consciously, probably both of you guys have kind of thought about on a subconscious level of, okay, you're part of this creative duo that, that like I said, just the chemistry is so important. And I had a lot of fun making my list because every one of these has, you know, to a degree, the, the same kind of magic that you guys have captured, where you, you bring something out of each other. And it seems like when, when, when one person goes the other way, it's like watching, uh, remember the year, I don't know if you guys are big football guys, but remember the year that Randy Moss was on the Patriots and Brady could just like throw a bomb and and Randy Moss is nowhere near, but he just knew where to go to catch the ball. Like yeah. that's how I kind of feel Mine, like, yeah, no, yeah. And I and I feel like so when I listen to the record, it's like, okay, you guys, you guys got in that freaking zone, and that's yeah. what's kind of fun about making this list. So I want to start. I'll I'll start at the at the. Uh, well, you know what? How about this, Marty? You said you you were kind of going through your list and kind of thinking yeah. about some of the chemistry. Tell yeah. me who you would rank as your number five favorite pop culture duo. Favorite pop culture duo, number five. All right. Kind of went with a little bit off the beaten path yeah, here. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Uh, I, this is, I, I feel like it's funny even saying it. I felt like a good pop culture from my childhood. Uh, number five, I ranked Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker. Oh, of Rush Hour, yes. Rush Hour fame. <laughs> yeah. I love Rush Hour, especially Rush Hour 2 is like my favorite movie ever. Yeah. Uh, Trying to get the sun out of my face. But yeah, Rush Hour 2 was one of my favorite movies. Rush Hour 1, third one. I don't know what happened there. Yeah. But yeah, all those movies are great. But I, I just felt like you have this comedian, this black comedian with this Asian, you know, they're so opposite. Action movie. But it makes yeah. sense. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like it was so opposite. You know, they always say opposites attract until you get married, opposites attack. But this is opposites attract. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, th what's great about them too is like their skill sets were completely different. Like you said, Chris Tucker. I mean, if you watch like Friday, Talker, yeah, yeah. You know. it, it's, it was almost like Chris Tucker's as fast with his mouth and his mind as Jackie Chan was with his fists, his kicks and like yeah. grabbing a broomstick and taking out like a room full of henchmen with it. You know, like it was fun seeing them come together. He was very useful that way. Absolutely. Yeah. He, he could do, he could do more damage with a ladder than like John Wick does with like three pistols like right. you know jackie chan was a deadly dude i love that pick and i it makes me want to rewatch those movies fern who do you got as your kind of bottom of the list uh, as, as uh, uh on number five for your pop culture duos it could you know what uh, and it could probably be on the top of somebody's list because i because this is going to go really in depth you know as we climb this list yeah but um I like um, I like Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson in Wedding Crashers. Yeah. Yeah, that was on my list. That was yeah. That was actually, knew, that's, yeah, that could list. be anybody's A list. That could yeah. be on like, Vince Vaughn and any like Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson are great. Like Wedding Crashers, but then like I was thinking, I was kind of hard because I was like Vince Vaughn and um, who else did he had? He he started another movie with um, uh, yeah, Owen Wilson. Just yeah, awesome. Oh yeah, with Luke Wilson, his yeah. his other brother. Yeah, uh, from old school. Yeah. yeah, I was like, all the brothers and him work perfectly. Yeah, the frat pack is what they call. It. Yeah, so, yeah, the frat so, pack. so, so, Fern, I break break the wedding crashers down thing for me real quick because, like, I think part of the charm of that movie is. Owen Wilson is, I feel like, the, a guy that all of us kind of know, just kind of that laid back dude. But Vince Vaughn is like the guy, especially in that movie, that all of us want to know. All of you know, he's like that in Swingers too. Break down what you think makes that dynamic in Wedding Crashers so special. Well, I love it because I remember my high school days and that just reminds me of some of my friends, man. I always had like I played baseball and I was in the band as well. So I, I chill with the jocks as well as, you know, the band nerds. But we was getting it in. So um, it just reminded me of that or that time of like going to parties. And you always had the one dude who could just get it done. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then you, the people that were just always riding with them. Then you always had the laid back guy. But I always. I, every time I see that movie, it's a super road trip movie. It's a super out of town movie. Yeah. You watch it. You watch it on the tour bus. Um, I just thought it was super dope the way they were like so opposite, but it just worked. And yeah. it's perfect. Like me and Marty, we're so opposite, but we're the same. We're the same, but different. Yeah. Um, and no matter what, we're going to ride together. We're going to get it done. You know. And, and I love too, because a major theme of that movie is what happens when your wingman 
you know, let you down? And how do yeah. you come back from that? I mean, there's that famous scene where they're playing football at like Christopher Walken's like Mansion Island, and Vince Vaughn's out there going hot route, hot route, you know. And and oh, Wilson, I don't know what that means? Yeah, yeah like leaves him hanging, and Vince Vaughn just gets blown up by Bradley Cooper, and Vin and Owen Wilson isn't even paying attention. It's like, hey man, when you have that kind of wingman duo relationship, you guys watch each other's back, or else you're gonna leave them vulnerable. I love that pick. I think you can do that. First team all state. I can put the ball wherever I want to. I'll make it rain out here. All right, guys, bring it in. Blue 17! Blue 17! Red 7! Oh, you're going to cover seven. me. Like white Red on right. All right, I like my odds Hot here. Rock. I'm going to give you a little Hot warning. Rock. I'm going downtown. Hot route! Red 7, Red 7, Red 7! Look for me Hot in the rock. end zone Red after this seven. play. I'll be the guy holding the ball. John! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot route! I don't. What is hot route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Oh, you running away from me? No, I'm just getting over here. <laughs> down! Come on. Ready, down, set, hut, 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 hut! Go, Jeremy! Here we go! Hit me! Hit me! Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! Nom, 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 nom. The irony there, Fern, is my number five actually has Owen Wilson in it too, but it's Owen Wilson and Wes Anderson, the filmmaker. Oh, uh, yeah. That's a great combo right there. Yeah. Love yeah you know, he, it's funny because they were actually roommates at the University of that. Texas back in the day. Um, so they're best buds from college. You know, Owen Wilson, before he was an actor, was actually a screenwriter. They met in a screenwriting class. And Owen Wilson, you know, co wrote um, Royal Tenenbaums. He co wrote Bottle Rocket, co wrote Rushmore. Wow. Uh, they actually shared a Oscar screenplay co-nomination for writing for Royal Tenenbaums. And what I think is so interesting about that relationship, it's like Wes Anderson is sort of like this not nerdy, but certainly uh, eclectic, kind of very, very high-end, fashionable. His movies have a lot of sort of dollhouse quality, storybook yeah, quality. Like very, very artistic. Yeah. I mean, even I was watching uh, Grand Budapest. Yeah. And I was like, man, every detail in this movie is like planned out, which is really cool. And then you have Owen Wilson, who has like the frizzy hair. And, like, you know. <laughs> he, he, you don't picture them working. You don't picture like the surfer dude who's in, you know, Shanghai Noon to be a yeah, great right. screenwriting collaborator with Wes Anderson. Sort of like our you know, generation. Like a little bit Taylor to be inside of this Wes Anderson film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's it just <laughs> that there's something about that counterbalance of the hyper creative artsy person, and then that person that just has mainstream appeal. Everyone wants to hang out with that Owen Wilson. I'm glad Owen Wilson made a couple of our lists all right all right marty uh, uh what who is number four on your on your list of pop culture shows uh okay perfect my number four was uh matt damon and ben affleck actually oh yeah okay because goodwill hunting is one of my absolute favorite movies ever made and just hearing the story behind that how they uh you know they 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 were starring they were starting it like their chop starring other movies but they were known for the movie that they, you know, they got directed by somebody. They wrote it. They got, I mean, they, they, I remember them talking about how they really wanted uh, like a big actor for that Robin Williams role. They tried to get Denzel Washington. Yeah. He was like, nah, it's like, I don't really know. And then they got Robin Williams. I mean, he just, what a, he made that movie connect in a way. Anyway, I love that movie. So my four. Yeah. So I, I, have, I have a question for you with Matt and Ben. Okay. Yeah. Because when you look at Goodwill hunting and then you look at some of the, the stuff they did around that era, like the Kevin Smith stuff, like dogma and you know, they were, they were kind yeah, of, yeah. They, they had a couple, but they've kind of gone two different directions. You know, Ben Affleck is, you know, on, on the personal side, he's kind of more of a tabloid type of figure, but he's also a, a award-winning director but yeah. he's dabbled with Batman, kind of a lot of stuff. Yeah, if you're what? going this direction, I'm going to say Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I was going to say. If you're going that direction, I was going to say Ben. I like Ben a lot. I, I feel like Matt, in my personal opinion, the last couple movies I've seen him in, I haven't really been happy with. Like, he yeah. did this movie called Downsizing. Yeah. That yeah. was just like, no. It just yeah. was so weird. And, and like, but Ben Affleck, you know, him directing, I mean, he made some terrible movies. I mean, he yeah. did Daredevil. This yeah. is the guy who did Jilly. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, hey, I was going to say, Jilly. <laughs> this is You're that guy. Yeah. This is the guy who did Jilly. But he also married Jennifer Lopez. So yeah. I guess yeah. he got that out of the yeah. agreement. I don't know. But I'm just thinking to myself, you know, like as they age properly. And I'm super pumped because, you know, they were talking about how uh, Ben Affleck is getting his own Batman series for yeah. HBO now. 
thought that'd yeah. be pretty cool if that happened. Like an older Batman kind of rap, like, you know, just kind of like they did with uh, Watchmen, which I'm just a big fan of. Yeah. I also like their, uh, there's the regionality, com- like they're both Boston guys. Yeah. And whenever there's a duo that ha- that shares a that regionality and that affinity for, for a place, I feel like it comes out in the creative process. I mean, you see Boston and the Red Sox. In every movie. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Where they really th- put that thick accent on, which is one of my favorite movies as well, Boston. Uh, what do they call it? What do they call that? The town in Boston? Yeah, Charlestown. Town. Oh, Charlestown. Okay. Was it? Okay. Uh, yeah, but but I know what you're saying. It was yeah. like the kind of the 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 sketchy kind of neighborhood where all like the bank robbers came from. But what's interesting too is like you guys share some regionality too. Kind of growing up in South Florida. How do you? That's what they Southie, used to call Yeah, Southie. Southie. There you go. We're from Southie? Yeah. yeah. So he said it like 40 times. Yeah. <laughs> Southie. So how do you guys feel like kind of sharing those Florida roots have influenced you guys in terms of creative chemistry? Yeah. I mean, being a Florida guy, him being a Florida native as well, you know, we, you know, going, being, being together in music for so long, we've discovered that we probably did a lot of the same things, even though they were different time spaces. Um, There's just a lot of Florida things that you just do. Like it's always 85 degrees at Christmas time, like the song says. And we know that, you know what I mean? Like you can literally be wearing a tank top and sneakers. Um, That's what I said. Like we'll wear hoodies and we'll wear sweatpants with Tim's or something like that in Florida, you know, whereas everybody else is wearing a full fur coat. And everything like that, but um, we sh- and we had a, a lot of the same experiences. Like he used to rap at school. I used to rap at school. Things that you grow up, you know, doing Florida things, man. Yeah. You know, um, but I love it. I love it here. And I, as many places as we've traveled to, every time I land here, I'm always happy to be home. Yeah. I'm old. We could go to Cali. We could go anywhere. I'm always happy to be home. Well, you are hip hop and Florida's Matt and Ben. I, 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 you know, you guys. What, what they are to Boston, you guys are to Florida. With kind Southie. of, you know, yes. Southeast Florida, baby. yes, Southeast, Southeast Florida, yeah, Southeast. <laughs> Southeast. That's what we get. Southeast. All right, Ferd. Who do you got as number four, man? Listen, I, my list is crazy. Um, I could, I could give you this name right here. I might as well just go with this before yeah. someone else takes. It. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci. Oh my uh-huh. God, that was my number two pick. I already know this. I know they're going to be taken. I got to strike first. All right, let's do it. Let's break it down. Let's break it down because they've had, you know, I feel like a lot of people. So many. Have, yeah, the Martin Scorsese run. Uh, you know, they put. You know, Goodfellas. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're they're actually real friends. Uh, yeah. You know, Raging Bull. Crazy. One of my favorite movies. Uh, even the new movie that came out. Yeah. Irishman. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's a- so 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 break it down a little bit about what you think it is because you can see a De Niro movie or you can see like Joe Pesci in like you know Home Alone or something and they're good on their own but but like yeah. when you watch De Niro and Meet the Parents right he's playing a character of Robert De Niro when you see Joe Pesci in Home Alone he's playing a, but when you put them together they become this kind of yes, singular unique crazy. so tell me a little bit about what that partnership you know kind of cinematically how it has influenced you as an artist. As an artist, I mean, as a rapper, you know, growing up, you know, you always, I wasn't always like a Christian rapper per se, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you know, rap about what I saw, what I went through in life. And those movies, you know, inspired a lot of rappers, not only myself, man, you know? Um, so, you know, as an artist, as a writer, those, those kind of like punchlines come into play. You start to, you start to remember those things that happened in the movie and you try to be able to, you know, maneuver them through your through your lyrics and, you know, put them out through audio, you know, paint a picture through audio. But, you know, the dynamic is, is it almost zeroes back into like me and Marty, though. Like I'm a little bit of an older gentleman and he's younger and, and like you already you already know how he's like energetic and I'm, I'm more laid back. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So I look at Robert De Niro, you know, with the pink shades, with the pink coat laid back. And, you know, you see Marty with the pen in his pocket. You know what I'm saying? In the front pocket. And we're always ready to go. And we always have each other's back. I see the dynamic in that real heavy, actually. Yeah. In the casino films, how they had each other's back. You know what I'm saying? Um, in a lot of those movies where they had, they were like basically brothers, you know? Yeah. They were in mafias and things of that nature. They were brothers. They they literally knew each other's secrets. They had to have each other's back because it would fall apart. You know what I'm saying? Like they were literally each other's they were the brothers keepers. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I think it's something very humanizing when you have some two people on screen that share that, because if you just have one, if you just have the gangster De Niro or the gangster Pesci, they seem like if they're just on screen with regular people, it's like, 
well, that's the bad guy. But when you put yeah. two of them on screen, you're like, you know what? I think I understand what makes these guys tick because yeah. this is how they're raised. This is how they see relationships in the context of kind of being these tough guys. When you just isolate one, it's like, well, that's just the, the tough guy mafioso. But when you put them together, it's like, oh, wait, they're trying to kind of prove each other to themselves to a degree, which I feel like yeah. really humanizes the characters that they play. They, they, no. It's crazy. They both play the same character. Uh, because they're both gangsters and mostly every movie that they're together. Yeah. But they both have just such extreme personalities. You know, you did Casino where, you know, Pesci is this outrageous, you know, uh, man who's going to stab somebody in the, in the face. And then yeah. even Goodfellas, he plays that character. Then they switched it in The Irishman where Pesci is the boss and yeah. he's more laid back. He's more chill. He doesn't even yell in the movie. And then, you know, De Niro is the murderer. He's the, he's the hitman. Yeah. Yeah, they, I, they play those roles so good. I would have also su- uh, accepted Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern. I, Home Alone's been on a oh, loop really? lately, okay. and it's like, oh, uh, and it's, yeah, it's like, dude, that's comedy wise. Like, it's yeah. in a vacuum, right? Because it's not going to work in other movies. But in that, I feel like that's a really weird. It's a weird pop culture duo, but it surprisingly works. It's a great yeah. Yeah. yeah, great comedy. I never could see him in any other movie. Did they ever work together again, Daniel I, Stern and him? I, no. I, I, I think that was it. Yeah, that yeah. was it. Yeah, the movies. Yeah. All right. So, so my number four, I have the two two performers who I think are my all time. I'm a big SNL fan. My, my, who I think were the all time best weekend anchor updates, and that's Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. I love oh, yeah. both of them. It, like independently, like if you watch Parks and Rec or you watch Thirty yeah. Rock, you're like, dude. Each both of them are super super talented, but there's something about their comic chemistry. It's never mean spirited, right? It's never sort of like over the top, like they're trying to push each other, kind of gross out comedy type of stuff. It's like they're super smart and they understand the power of just a funny look at the other one. Like when you watch them, they're going to host the Golden Globes again this year. But when oh, they, wow. well, yeah, so when they previously hosted. It was this fun rat at tat that was never competitive. It was like it was like you were dropped in to a, like I said, like a Jordan Pippen practice with just those two guys on the floor. Good evening, I'm Tina Fey. And I'm Amy Poehler. Welcome everyone to the 70th annual Golden Globe Awards. Yes! Yes. of you at home, I wish you could feel the excitement in this room. You can smell the pills from here. <laughs> Tonight, we honor the television shows that have entertained us all year, as well as the films that have only been in theaters for two days. That's what makes tonight so special. Only at the Golden Globes do the beautiful people of film rub shoulders with the rat-faced people of television. What's interesting is, you know, they don't actually work together a whole lot. And uh, it was Tina Fey was asked about that. She said that they don't they don't see themselves working together on a ton of projects because they're both alphas. They said they can work. It works in short spurts, but Mm. they know they can't really make a real dynasty because they both have that sort of. Out, not not alpha complex, but they there's a dynamic there. I can see that because Tina Fey is such a writer, you know, yeah. like she goes and and when you have to, yeah, I can see that happening. It's good that they know like they know each other, yeah, for, by that, you know. Yeah. But I know that they didn't they they wrote another they wrote something together, though. Baby Mama. Yeah. They did Baby Mama together, yeah, which which, yeah. which which is which is really funny. And they both have uh, some scenes in Wine Country, which is like a Netflix movie. Yeah, but I don't know why my dad. I think my dad likes that movie, Wine Country. It, it's a pretty breezy. It's, yeah, yeah. It, there's I'm, not a whole like lot of plot. Movies. I'm like, how do you like? But the other day, I'm like on TV. My dad bought the complete Hallmark collection for my mom. I'm like, <laughs> you're into like romantic com- comedies now. Is this yeah. what we're happening in house? Went from. Goodfellas and Godfather to this, you know, yeah. to like to like every one of those movies is the same. Where it's like yeah. this, the 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 small town girl moved to Manhattan and made it big as like an Instagram yeah. influencer, but she has to go back in town for Christmas Eve to watch the to community. Learn about yeah, the Christmas spirit. Yeah, and then it, the, my my favorite part of those movies, like the husband, or the guy she falls in love with. Yeah, always at first is broke. And yeah. at the end, oh yeah, I actually own the state. Yeah, oh <laughs> yeah. wow, we own, we own the entire farm. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. You know, like it was, yeah. 
Okay, I saw that coming. And the big reveal always happens in a barn with a bunch of like string lights everywhere. You know, it's like understanding. Just a little, just enough. Yeah, yeah. I've I've been subjected to some of those movies as well. But but either way, uh, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, I I love them as a duo, and I think it's cool that they at least have the self awareness to recognize like, hey, we're both kind of alphas here because you you've seen so many of these duos that you know it seems like on paper i feel like you see this a lot in music too um you know where the 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 eddie van halen and david lee roth just don't speak to each other they're great chemistry but they're both alphas and it doesn't it doesn't you saw shack and kobe was it was a sports example it was like no one can dispute the results but when you put two alphas in in the room and they don't know how to give and take it causes problems you know what i've realized though like when 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 you think, when I think about like Shaq and I think about like Kobe and I think about even, you know, uh, Jordan and Pippen, although a lot of those guys are very alpha in the way that they, you know, they want what they want done. They both play the position so well. Mm. And so it makes it come together in a unique way. Yeah. Like in a way that Jordan can just do it by himself. Yeah. You actually, you need that piece, but they, they play like no one can play Shaq's position. No yeah. one can play Kobe's. Yeah. And even though they're both very aggressive, it works. It makes sense for the vision. And I yeah. think that that's like, to me, an interesting combo when it comes to that type of dynamic world, you know? Yeah. And, but you could also see why off the court, they don't get along. You know what I mean? Because they're but both. Jordan was also like a jerk. Jordan yeah. was like mean and like he would, yeah. he, he plays like, you know, Space Jam. That's how I think I grew yeah. up thinking about him. And then watching this series on Netflix, I'm like, he's pretty much terrible. Yeah. You know? A lot of top hoods, man, when they watch the last dance. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, he's gambling like crazy. Even like, even the story, I think Fern told me the story back in the day about like him and uh, this rapper who like this rapper was like, can I get a picture? And, and Jordan's like, no, you can't get a picture. I'm sorry. <laughs> he's like, I just bought like a $30,000 Jersey. He's like, you, you spend 50,000 more and I'll, I'll give you a picture. And he's like, <laughs> This guy's ruining my childhood in real time. Yeah, you know? never meet your heroes, you know. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, so, so that was that was uh, uh, the our fourth oat picks. Uh, Marty, who do you have for for number three? I, I feel like we, you know, we we jumped with the De Niro with De Niro and Pesci coming off the board so I early. A couple off my list. Th- there's a, there's a there's a lot of pressure on you here. I went with this. I went a different route okay. on this next one. The third one, I'll probably go Eminem and Dr. Dre. Oh yeah. Great combo. Both are just musical geniuses, but together they literally rock the entire world with yeah. their music, with M. I mean, and honestly, when Eminem does his own thing and doesn't have like Dr. Dre, you can kind of feel it. Yeah. But when you have Dr. Dre, like that that era of him and, and Dre coming together, they even did I mean, this is how much of a fan I was back then. I had the Wild Wild West soundtrack. And on the okay. walk with number Will Smith, yeah, the whole Wild Wild West soundtrack has a song called, uh, like either I think it's called Bad Meets Evil, but it's a song that Dr. Dre and M are going back and forth on, just like Guilty Conscience, where yeah. they're you know rapping back and forth, and like that kind, like that type of, you know, there's only a couple of groups that could really, I think Eminem wrote the entire thing, but that was that that yeah. type of scheme, like it's just the energy is awesome. Hurry up, I want to ask about that as kind of the, the, you know, especially there you have like the MC and the producer, you know, kind of mashup. And we've seen that we've seen a lot of kind of great duos that that have that great balance. When you look at not because to your point, like if you those D twelve records or whatever that M did, they're they're it's not like they're bad. It's just they don't really hold up like some of the 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 early stuff that he did with. I forgot with about Dre. Yeah. you can't you can't compare anything from D twelve to forgot about Dre that combo. What 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 is it about the combination of kind of Dre's 
you know, West Coast. I mean, it's really kind of West Coast beat making to a degree. And then you have, uh, you know, this hard edge sort of Midwestern, you know, I mean, did that Detroit really aggressive kind of lyricism what it be, because the beat making is fun like if you listen bum 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 you know it's kind of almost got this playful laid back kind of tinge but then you he comes spitting so hard what is it about that chemistry that you think made it so effective from a hip-hop perspective you, you know what a good producer can bring out something in in an artist i just think that's what it is and so with the right combination um you know, it, it just brings something out of the artist, which is what it is. And so I think that Eminem, need, I mean, this is just like a theory. Like I thought, I always thought Eminem would be big. Uh, but I think without Dr. Dre, I don't know if he'd be skyrocket big. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know if he'd be huge, which has its pros and cons. Like you think about artists like Jay-Z, Jay-Z really never had a one producer situation. Yeah. Jay was able to, you know, he put the Neptunes on, Pharrell. Yeah. He put... Then he put Timberland on, you know, he put all these big producers and made them explode, which made him, he could go with anybody and be great. But I felt like with M and Dre, that just the combination was so big that, uh, you know, I don't know. They just brought the best out of each other. I mean, I think also M like writing for Dre is like amazing. Like he was such a, you know, Eminem's yeah. such a great writer. So he pretty much probably wrote a lot of songs for Dre and, I don't know, just the combination of work, that energy, you can't, you can't pay to make that energy yeah. happen. Yeah, it's really that kind of magic. That, that you, it's only it's there if it's there. It is. Yeah. It's like a perfect, it's just, you know, like there's certain casting uh, decisions that I feel like when you see, you're like, I can never see another person play this role. It's just like, it's just meant to be. Yeah. And that's just, I feel like what had happened between those two guys. Yeah, it's a solid pick. Fern, Fern who do you got for uh, number three on your list? I got Samuel L. Jackson and John Travolta in Pulp Fiction. Oh, I love it. Wow. That's a great movie. Yeah, movie. I love that movie a lot. Um, and at the end of the day, I remember growing up, man, that was one of the movies that you would just watch all the time, whether you were out of town and it showed up in your hotel room. You know how you go through the channels and it's just playing at like three in the morning. I've probably seen Pulp Fiction at least a hundred times in my life. Yeah. Super dope. It was a crazy, crazy weird movie. It, it was. And, and I feel like Tarantino is really good at this, where he finds two people that on paper don't really work, right? Like, it's like John Travolta. You know what I mean? Like, especially at that point in his career, he was kind of, yeah. you know, he had done kind of a lot of goofy movies up to, you know, he, Saturday Night Fever, you know, famously for Saturday Night Fever in Greece and, you know, uh, Welcome Back Hotter. He wasn't thought of as like someone who's going to be in a, you know, really hard edge kind of violent you know, urban parable. And then you have Samuel L. Jackson, who's the consummate, awesome, cool as ice, tough guy on or off camera. Samuel L. Jackson is just cool. And, and John Travolta, I feel like on paper is kind of uncool. Why do you think in Pulp Fiction, and that's not a dig on John Travolta. I just don't feel like that's his brand. You know what I mean? Like, why do you think it Tarantino made that combination work so well? I mean, I don't really know. I don't really know why he would do that. But what I do like about that is um, almost like you can't really judge a book by its cover and in some crazy situations, like when I was locked up, you had to you had to pick who your friends were going to be really quick. You know what I'm saying? You didn't have to like, oh, I got six months to see who my friends are going to be like. You literally had to see, yo, you cool, man. Um, You know, let's be boys or whatever it is. Like for the most part, you look look out for each other. You know what I'm saying? So like I just looked at it like, you know, um, life. Life hit them with a crazy, they had a crazy life, but, you know, they were able to still, you know, get it together enough to be able to work together. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And they were both, they were both like henchmen dudes or whatever. They were both work for, uh, what, what was his name? Um, Samuel Duncan. Marcellus? Yeah, yeah Marcel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I just thought it was cool, you know, two, two people who wouldn't normally work together, or at least it seemed that way, you know, um, able to get it together to work, you know, yeah. and, and, and get the job done. But besides that, one thing I like about those movies, that's when I was kind of like introduced to like Quentin Tarantino and how he would take like seven different plots, you know, like mm -hmm. he would, have, I got introduced to that and I got hooked yeah. um, in that storytelling style. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you could like intertwine seven different lives and even it wasn't a Robert, uh, it wasn't a Tarantino film in Crash, but Crash did that too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I love movies that do that. I think that's super special. But yeah, um, yeah, super wild. Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, um, and Pulp Fiction. 
Yeah, and they're right. iconic. I mean, you see, I, I, I don't know if it, if it was an actual Banksy, but it's sort of in the style of Banksy of mm-hmm. them two kind of pointing their finger guns and one of them has been like, it's just like artistically. Just so iconic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it, it immediately, when you see those two, that image of those two on screen together, it invokes a very specific feeling that is very difficult to create. And, and Tarantino, and to their credit, Samuel L. Jackson and, um, and John Travolta nailed it. All right, I have I have a little bit of a curveball for my for my number three. Are you guys big fans of The Office? Always. Okay. I I love The Office, and I always will. And I was so tempted to go Dwight and Michael because I feel like that's the obvious combo. They have such a funny relationship. But for my number three, I'm going with Jan and Michael from The Office. And toxic relationship. Yeah, and, and ex- thank. I'm so glad you said it because like. The show got more interesting when she came into the picture and was as as sort of this romantic subplot because they were able to explore off awkward office dynamics, but you can only take that so far, right? Like the, the what happens within the confines of the Dunder Mifflin or Saber offices are funny, but you can only take like the workplace kind of humor and awkwardness so far because it's only going to be relatable to a certain extent, right? It's like okay, I've never worked for a paper company or had I've never actually worked with someone like Dwight Schrute, like it's yeah. sort of, but I have uh-huh. been, I've hung out with couples who maybe not, maybe not to the extent of Jan and Michael, but you have one who, you know, Jan is successful, is confident, but also is prone to self-destruction, right? And then you have Michael who is completely aloof to, you know, any degree of self-awareness and the way that they are able to needle each other, but they also see that they really in a weird, twisted, toxic way need each other. And episodes like The Dinner Party where there's just- Okay, that might be top three favorite episodes oh absolutely even though i didn't like this is how deep of an office okay. fan i am okay i didn't like the character change i felt like in the fourth season the character started to change a little bit yeah. like angela became really more of like a jerk in yeah. that season and so did stanley stanley became weird yeah but like that song i took them by the hand <laughs> that one night and then like that really showed yeah. Ham's like relationship where he's like i did something bad yeah. She's like, what? He's like, I stole this. And he plays it. And then she's singing along uh, yeah. Pam. And she's like, that one night. Like, <laughs> iconic, you know. Then he drops her off at a bus stop with like some crack addict. He's yeah. like doing this. <laughs> yeah. Goodbye. Yeah. Genius storytelling. And yeah, it's funny because like in the actual show, uh, Steve Carell, his wife, plays uh the, the real estate agent. Yeah, yeah. Carol. So he's like, Carol. You know, yeah. He's, yeah. So he's like, he has both Carol and like, you know, he's like looking at a, what's his name, uh, Jan, and he's, you know, going between. He's like, I got a love triangle here. <laughs> Fern, are you a big office guy? I know about it. I'm not the biggest office guy, but yeah. I'm super aware. I know, I know all the characters, but I didn't get to watch the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't get to like get the whole thing. Yeah. It's aged pretty well. And, and, but when I come back to it, I always, cause I was thinking about, okay, when two characters are on screen, just them two on screen, what do I feel like is is most set up for comedy? And I keep going back to Jan and Michael. They're funny every time. How about a toast? Dally? Here's to good friends. Cheers. 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 Hmm. That is sort of an oaky afterbirth. Mm. What was that? So, music? Should uh, we turn some music? Yeah. That sounds good. That? Do you guys remember my old assistant, Hunter? He is an excellent songwriter. Wait till you hear this. Okay, here we go. You took me by the hand, made me a man. That one night, you made everything alright. So rock, alright, all night, alright, oh yeah, oh yeah. So rock, alright, all night, alright, oh yeah. You know what? Hunter was a terrible assistant. That is why Ryan fired him. Well, I think he's probably just about as reliable as Pam, being that it usually takes you an afternoon to get back to me. Sometimes I think she holds on to faxes. Dwight and Michael, you know, sometimes it can be a little absurd. Sometimes they're they're funny, but there's something about that toxic energy that Jan and Michael have. 
Ottoman bed. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, like, it's just so good. It's just so good. All right. It's, it's pretty narrow. Uh, <laughs> Michael is like, yeah, I get, you know, goodnight. she's got space issues. She's got space yeah. issues. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So, so Marty, you're number yeah. two. You I can... was writing down a couple things as I was like thinking and stuff like that. Um, but I do have something. Okay. Uh, to to sub a... in for your Pesci and De Niro. Yeah, that was yeah. number two so spot. Yeah. I got rid of that. I have uh, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. Oh, oh man. I was going to go with Will Smith and Carlton, yeah. but I felt like that was like, you know, an iconic television show yeah but like bad boys like they have three movies and like they've intercrossed many other times so i would say will smith martin lawrence and, and and you guys are you guys are you know south beach guy you know like you know, a lot of their relationship a lot of that, people associate with a, miami rookie mistake never go to south beach that's a very touristy <laughs> way we know we know that okay so but, I, you know back in the day i think we ever everybody went to south beach to see yeah. what it was about it, that's not where it's at anymore yeah despite yeah. what despite what that duo tells okay I have, a, I have a question for you about martin lawrence and will smith because i feel like in Bad Boys 2, I feel like was peak Martin Lawrence and Will Smith, not just as a duo, but independently in their career. You know, Will Smith was right coming. He was going to make Independence Day, Men in Black. Like he was everywhere. Martin Lawrence, you know, was coming off a huge sitcom, a really beloved guy. But I feel like after that, they've both kind of had spaces in pop culture. And obviously we had Bad Boys 3, you know, about a year ago, I guess now. How do you feel like Martin Lawrence and Will Smith's careers have like aged for contemporary audiences? I def definitely feel like they're not as big as they were, but I don't really know. Like I heard somebody say one time, like Will Smith is never going to be uncool, but is Will Smith cool anymore? Like, do you guys still feel like they have yeah. a, a degree of cultural cachet? You know what it is? I think the age, the ageism before us, I think what happened there is like people started thinking like the older you got, the more, more uncool you got. And mm -hmm. I, I don't agree with that. I think I, I look at, I know it sounds terrible. I look at young people and I'm like, man, you don't know anything. You know, like yeah. you're 18. I don't want to, don't even talk. It's like, yeah. blah, blah, dad, that. I'm like, just stop. You know, it's like Louis yeah. CK when he's like, you know, he's like, just pushing people in the face away. Yeah. And I feel like Will Smith has been able to age in such a cool way. And it's like, you're, we're breaking that gap of the older you get, you either disappear or, you know, you just age bad. Like he has become cool. And the thing I think about Will Smith that was just awesome is that he was so popular after uh, fresh Prince that they reserve studios knew that in the summer, Will Smith was going to drop a movie. And mm. so no one dropped the movie in the summer. It was, you know, Independence yeah. Day. They, you know, he did Enemy of the State. Then he did Bad Boys, Bad Boys 2. Every single summer, he dominated. Now, he's definitely a, probably a lot more wealthy than Martin Lawrence, but Martin Lawrence also had a great streak of movies. Like, he hit, he, he was a way, kind of before uh, Will Smith in dropping movies. And I mean, he was, he was equally just as, as huge. And, you know, they both, they both knew when the duck can get away from pop culture, then come back together and i mean martin lawrence is is they're both iconic you know like yeah they both age well and they both make getting older look cool you know yeah. i think that that's the i think that's what i'm trying to communicate yeah that's a that's a great pick uh, fern we're coming down coming down the the home stretch here who do you have as number two on, on and i feel like you know you came out swinging with de niro and pesci at like four or five so so I so two so two is a lot of pressure on you yeah, but you know what? I could swap out my number one for my number two and still be doing well. I could, I, here, here, I'm going to just do it. Um, I'm going to do it again so it doesn't get hit because I feel like it's going to get hit. But I'm going to go with Jerry Seinfeld and George Costanza. Oh, nice. Nice. On the, on the iconic show Seinfeld. Okay, I want I want to ask. I love those guys. So you know, I feel like the reason that works so well, that duo works so well, is because in a way, George Costanza is a sort of a character, is a sort of a surrogate for Larry David, right? Like Larry David, who helped, who who co-created Seinfeld with Jerry. You know, Jerry basically plays an exaggerated version of himself on Seinfeld. Like he's yes. a, he's a comic. He's he's successful. He's kind of neurotic. He's sort of emotionally aloof. It's like the real life Jerry Seinfeld. But George was really kind of written in the vein of Larry David, someone very petty who gets, you know, very concerned over minor slights, who is just kind of a really f funny, neurotic 
person who kind of anxiety, social anxieties in a way, kind of rule his life in a very funny way. He's also very self-absorbed like Larry David and Curb. What do you think it is about their very different relationships? Because nothing really bothers Jerry and everything yeah. bothers George. What do you think it is about? But they're both sort of. You know, they they both have really have no moral compass at all. Like they they both don't they the only they, their motivations for themselves is what's going to give them the most comfort in the moment. What do you think it is about that <laughs> dynamic that works so well in Seinfeld? Hey, I once again I don't know what happened, but that's the most beautiful mess I ever seen. Watching that show was one of the greatest joys of my life growing up. Um, and what's so crazy is I I don't even think I've seen all of them still. But one thing, one point that I could make that I don't know if it's been made before. If you notice, Jerry's parents, they live in Boca, Boca del Vista. Yeah, yeah. And George lives with his parents. Yeah. So yeah. He, he's always like, imagine having his mom and and and, uh, and his old man screaming at him all day. He's like frazzled all day. Yeah. Jerry's laid back. He's got, he's got girls coming in and out of his house. Like yeah. he's just a wild man. Yeah. Um, so I just thought that I was like, for the most part, he's just a little kid versus a grown-up that yeah. george was just always a little kid in a in an adult's body yeah. working for the Yankees somehow i don't yeah. know how it, it, it's so funny we we did it's funny we did a, a show i did it with a comedian his name's nate bargazzi and we did an episode because he's a big seinfeld fan where we ranked seinfeld episodes and there's so much to pick apart in that show that still holds up really well mm -hmm. you know the best, uh, i was literally man. watching it this morning of all things yeah. that's it, how crazy it, yeah it's so good so for my number two i had um Originally, I was going to go like a little bit deeper a cut and go with Johnny Cash and June Carter Cash because wow, June went deep. I, I, but but I, I I bailed on it because I felt I feel like it's good and June Carter really brought out some interesting stuff in Johnny Cash and kind of provided him with you know kind of centered him you know in, from a spiritual sense and uh, you know she's such an underrated artist I feel like but I was thinking back a few years ago I was at Lollapalooza and it was this summer that Outcast was doing their comeback tour. And I got to see Outcast live, and I was so blown away. Not just because I, it's not that I, I feel like there was a time when everyone was an Outcast fan because they were just cranking out good music, but I never, I don't sure. feel like I really had an appreciation for the depth and the diversity of their catalog and how kind of interesting the creative collaboration between Big Boy and Andre 3000 has been. Because when you look at it, I don't know two artists that are in a duo that are so different stylistically, you know, you, you know, big boy is what you think of as Atlanta hip hop, right? In a lot of ways, like fast, you yeah, know, fast, very lifestyle oriented, you know what and I mean? Huge. And like, I love also not to cut you off, but they also had really cool, unique together careers and separate. And I always felt like that's the model for social club. Like yeah. no one can replicate what social club sounds like. But then the cool thing about it is that Fern sounds like an entirely his own artist. You yeah. know, it's not like, and then Marty, me, myself, I try to sound like myself. And so it's like, you have three artists in this band. You know, you have Audrey 3000, Outkast, Big Boy, three different you have three different musical acts. Yeah. You know, I think that's the coolest thing in the world. I, I'm so glad you brought that up because one thing where I was thinking about the the uh, the outcast thing, I mean, obviously Andre 3000 has this other kind of eclectic style, you know, interested in kind of different musical genres, different themes, you know. But when you talked about those kind of three artists in the mix, outcast, Andre, and Big Boy, you know, maybe their most successful or the most well-known album in terms of just pure singles was a double album, a double outcast album that right. was comprised of two solo albums, Speaker Box and The Love Below, where you had a Big Boy album and an Andre 3000 album, but it was presented as an outcast album. And I feel like they basically figured out a way to deliver an album that underscored that exact point, you know, kind of doing, how do you guys as artists who both have your kind of individual styles, how do you guys find that balance of, okay, whose style, you know, when it comes to getting in the studio, like finding that balance has to be tricky. How, how do you guys, how do you guys work that? For the most part, like especially on this album, Marty helmed the uh, took the helms on all the producing. So this time, a lot of the creativity, you know, stemmed from him initially. You know what I'm saying? Um, so regardless of what he sends me, regardless of you know 
whatever musical you know landscape he sends me, I'm always firm on it. Mind you, I'll keep it a hundred. Does Martin push me? He's like, nah, try to be a little more melodic here sometimes. Or, you know, we'll be with the other producer and they'll both push me and then try to get me into different pockets and stuff. Cause I'm a rapper, rapper, like rappers type of rapper. Like I like bars. I like punchlines. I like the, but can I do commercial stuff? Yeah. we. And that's what I love about social club. Cause I feel like that's what social club has been able to do for me as well. It has pushed me, you know, from where I would be just more of a um, one dimensional yeah. to be multi-dimensional. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But um, for the most part, like when Marty sends me something, I'm always still going to be firm. Um, I'll la- take a look at what the layout is. He may have already put a chorus on it. He may have already put his verse on it. Um, and it's just like that same thing, like a Jerry Seinfeld episode. I'll tie it in right here and bring it back to the beginning. How you said when Randy Moss, you know, was with Tom Brady. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's just how it is. He'll throw it up and I'm going to be here like this. Yeah. I, he, I always know what the route's going to be. Yeah. I always can feel it out. And same thing with him. I feel he knows what my pockets are. He knows what I'm going to sound finesse on. He might be like, hey, why don't you snap right here real quick? Or, you know, um, I think that's one of the joys and one of the um, beauties of being involved with somebody for so long that even in pockets like the pandemic where we may have not seen each other as much, um, we're still able to put out an album, you know what I mean, that is still, you know, worthy of acclaim by our fans and by people who, you know, appreciate us. Yeah, yeah, that's really good insight. Um, all right, guys, no pressure, but we're coming up on number one on the list. I wonder and if you're going to get mine, son. I wonder, like, I, I wonder if we all three have the same. Be? I don't know. Okay. I see, see, here's the thing. I feel like there is a duo that's on the table right now that, uh, there's a couple I have. Yeah. I was writing down while you were talking. I was like, which one do I want to say? I, yeah. I don't know. Okay. Okay. So, uh, uh, Marty, we'll, we'll start with you, man. No pressure, but yeah, you know, like, number one favorite pop culture duo. My number one, you said it already with the Chris Farley, David Spade, like hundred mm. percent. That was probably, you know, my, my one, but then my other two that I was considering was, um, uh, two Frank Sinatra collaborations. Okay. Frank Sinatra and Elvis, uh, because when Elvis's career was taking off, Frank's was kind of waning. And so they, they jumped on the Frank Sinatra show and it literally skyrocketed both of them mm. to be huge. You know, like the older and young generation. I thought that was so cool. And then uh, Johnny Cash and Frank Sinatra. Wow. Being friends, doing stuff together. Um, I always thought that that was like Frank Sinatra has always been one of my favorite artists. I mean, because he was one of the first artists that was like, not only am I going to do music, I'm going to say something with my platform. Mm. So like, you know, he's talking to kids when he's, you know, Frank Sinatra's 25 about like racism in back in the day when no one really ever wanted to touch it. It was like, don't touch it. It's right. But he's like, you know, like I'm Italian. My family came here and like, I love that. But I would probably say, despite those two being good, Chris Farley and David Spade. Absolutely. I mean, Tommy boy, there's so many great movies that, you know, have come out of the Chris Farley legacy, but that's a type of one of those, you know, we're talking about earlier, one of those connections that you just can't duplicate. No one could do another movie with, you know, David Spade and get that same feeling. And then I was just watching the documentary about Chris Farley the other day. And man, he was, he was scheduled to take so many roles, you know, whether it was Shrek mm. or even, uh, you know, like there was another movie I forgot that Mike Myers took, uh, that was, uh, not Shrek, but another one that he took as well. But like, you know, Chris Farley wore the crown and no one can replicate that type of energy with him and, uh, David Spade. Yeah. Yeah. That it, it, it you know, when you say no one can replicate, it's truly a unique duo because, you know, Chris Farley was personified by high energy comedy that was a release for clear anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. Like the guy was clearly very high strung and the way he worked out his insecurities was kind of being the funniest guy in the room where David Spade was the opposite. He was the coolest character in the room. The he, most anxiety free. He was really cool too, yeah. which people don't understand. Like he plays this neurotic guy, but he was like, he was like, even hearing him speak about like, he did this one uh, in the documentary talking about how uh, Chris Farley was talking to Glenn Close. This is right when she came out that big movie uh, where she was, you know, she was murdering bit bunnies and anyway. Yeah. So he, he's talking to her and he just tries to impress her. So Chris Farley, like chugs like this big bottle of like Coca-Cola. And then, you know, David Spade's like, why did you do that? And yeah, he's like, yeah. I drank the whole thing. And he's like, 
okay. You know, like they were, they were like that in real life. So it made that combo, you know, good friends and yeah. 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 It's a, it's a great pick. All right, Fern drum roll, man. Number one favorite pop culture man. duo. I mean, pop culture duo, you know, I got a few that I could go with and I'm going to say, I'm going to do a little thing like what Marty did. I'm going to say a couple that I like real quick that didn't make number yeah. one, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I like Larry David and Leon. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. Great yeah. That's great. But, and then I also like Larry David and Jeff Green. Okay. You know, we had yeah, Larry yeah. and Jeff Green before we ever yeah. had Leon, before the hurricane, yeah. before he ever stayed um, I mean, the Jeff Green brotherhood with Larry David is very special. It, it is um, because they both look out for each other in a weird way. Oh, it's you incredible. Know? Yeah. And they don't miss a beat. They know they're going to do it. Even if they don't want to do it, he's going to get them to do it. They're boys. They're, they're riding or dying. Yeah. yeah. So I like those two ones. But one, one duo that I feel stands the test of time that I feel like young and old past generation new generations could get with and would know it by me saying their name is Ernie and Bert. Oh mm. yeah. Yeah. Ernie and Bert, you know, uh, we grew up on Ernie and Bert. We learned a lot about life with Ernie and Bert. Uh, my kids know about Ernie and Bert. Um, you know, they just, they show beautiful friendship. You know, I thought that was a dope duo. They're super different too. You know, um, Ernie's kind of laid back and cool and chill. And then Bert's uptight. You know, I feel like at the end of the day, I like all these duo things, Marty. We got to take them for future Photoshop for yeah. photo yeah. sessions. Yeah. All of them. All right, well, they're all, we do them all. Why not? They yeah. all remind, they all remind me of us in some way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that was dope. Well, yeah. I got one that would be perfect for your photo shoot. Maybe one of those okay. iconic duo photo shoots that come to mind. Uh, but first okay. my runner up, I want, I, I think, um, my runner up is, is Maya Rudolph and Kristen Wiig, who haven't had a ton of chance to collaborate together. The real best friends too. Yeah. It, but you see them like bridesmaids or you see them at an award show kind of doing their thing. There's a real comic chemistry there that I feel like is somewhat untapped. They're both pretty young. They, they have a lot of career ahead. I hope to see more. Definitely one of my favorites, but my number one, uh, and this is where I feel like, dude, for you guys, you guys need to do a stepbrothers photo shoot because I got John C. Riley and Will Ferrell as my number one. You know, it, it, it is just this weird energy. And in a lot of ways, it's a, it's a lot of like of the opposite comic in, uh, uh, chemistry that you see from a lot of, you know, a lot of comedians. Like when you look at Amy Poehler or Tina Fey, they, they're very smart. It's very high minded. It's very articulate. You know yeah, what I mean? Smart comedy. Yeah. Where John C. Riley and Will Ferrell tap into something very primitive and childish and it's not like you don't need to be you don't have to have you know any degree of like uh you know, like reference points to think it's funny when a, a bunk bed collapses and will ferrell nearly kills john c Riley yeah. in Step Brothers, or you it's can just funny. purely love the joy of watching them as the talladega knights duo kick yeah. around nickname ideas you know that i think they they're sort of kindred spirits in a way like the jan and michael works because they're exact opposites you know what i mean yeah. like in every single way one is successful smart one is not uh, non-self-aware kind of doofus where John C. Riley and Will Ferrell are the same person. They are, they are, they're both a man child that just wants to make people laugh in inappropriate ways. I read this great quote from John C. Riley. It says when they first met, they realized this is why we were put on earth to make hijinks together. And that's what you get. Like they're not a duo that wants to change the world. They want to make each other laugh and they will raise the stakes every time. Hey dad, Nancy, would it be cool if Brennan and I opened just one present each since it's Christmas Eve? Yeah, that way we could open it and, and, and play with it and then, you know, hopefully tire us out a little bit. Would you would you guys consider that Step Brothers image? You guys know the one I'm talking about, where they're like, it's like the fake I portrait like studio. Oh, funny, funny thing, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what's funny is like a lot of time. I mean, I think like what Fern said, we'd probably have to do a couple of them because we'd have to show that we're you know, joking around because sometimes like, I know it sounds weird, but like when you're signed to like a major, you got to be careful about like what we try to like imitate. Yeah. And we tried to do stuff like that in the past, like even some fight club stuff Yeah, uh, with this new album, like, you know, misfits are like the fight club, you know, don't speak about yeah. everyone's involved and you got to be careful. We've always tried to like push that duo, uh, you know, narrative. And yeah. so 
I would love to do that. I mean, it's such a funny movie. Iconic. So good. Yeah. I, I can watch Step Brothers anytime, even if it's only five minutes. Even if it's like, I just need to pick me up. I'll watch five minutes of Step Brothers and it will make me laugh. It's All just, these movies, you could put them on TV and then watch them like in the middle and still, oh, yeah, you know. Oh yeah, you could totally enjoy them. Well guys, I we 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 blasted through some serious pop culture uh, dude, here. We had fun, man. Dude, well, this was yeah. a blast. Hey, and uh, everyone Finally, listening. Good interview. Just kidding. All everyone's all mad. Like I've interviewed you last week. Finally, <laughs> <laughs> I best interview. Best interview. <laughs> well, hey, I appreciate it, guys. Hey, listen. Anyone who listened to this needs to go check out Christmas in Florida. Get it on your Christmas playlist. Uh, or or uh, you know, Feared by Hell though is yeah. you know Christmas in Florida is a great seasonal banger. Feared by Hell, guys. Congratulations! It Thank is, you. It, you know, I think some of your best work. It's incredible it, that that album has serious legs. It's going to be on playlist for a long time. Definitely, if you're listening to this, haven't checked it out, you got to check it out. Uh, Fern, Marty, Social Club Misfits, one of my favorite pop culture duos. I should have put you guys as not. It's implied that you guys. This feels like one. This you saying this right here at this time feels like one. Yeah, well, that in my heart, you guys are one. They, you know, I just didn't want to guys put you guys in the spot to have to talk too much about uh, yourselves. You know, but, I was thinking about all the other duos. I was like Jim Carrey and uh, Jeff Daniels, Dumb yeah. and Dumber. There's so it's, many good ones. You know, oh, dude, it's I, funny you never said Batman and Robin. You know, I was going to say that, but I'm not really a fan of Robin. I'm not going to be honest. I don't feel like the best. He doesn't bring a lot to the table. Doesn't bring a lot to the table, guys. I was was thinking Batman and the Joker, but I was like, yeah, you know, when I think of pop culture, and I mean, there's so many great duos, but I think of pop culture, you know, for me, movies, like I'm a big movie person. I'm always watching movies every day, even as I create movies on in the background. And so, you know, pop culture and movies, it plays a big part of our life and our creativity you know me and Fern we think in terms of movies you know like even doing the fear by hell you know cover and it being like that fight club feel to it like me and Fern are inspired by storytelling and so yeah it just makes sense Well, guys, this was so much fun. I really appreciate you taking uh, a few minutes in what is a very busy 2020 for you guys. This was a blast. That's been Listen, uh, let's do round two. I got more duels. Hey, yeah, I I will t- hey, you guys let me, hey, we'll follow up. We're definitely going to do round two because I got a lot. Uh, you should see my list. I got a lot that didn't make it. So let's do know, a round two. I was two. writing them while we're talking. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. go. Let's do it. We'll, we'll definitely make it happen, guys. This is fun. Thank you, man. Thank you so much for having All right, everyone, that is it for this episode of Listed on the Ironclad Content Network. Hey, if you like the show, I know every podcast has to do it, but it really does help. If you like the show, leave a rating and review. I really appreciate it. All right, guys, we'll see you next time.